don't know. Well, I'm Jesse. I'm Eric. I'm also Jesse. So I'm Jesse, and this is the other Jesse. The other Jesse. Jesse. I don't know. Jesse. Last name. Warner, casually known as Gay Jesse. By Tila, because Tila has trouble differentiating people unless she assigns it. You know what? It's okay. I'd much rather you be Gay Jesse than me being Fat Jesse. (laughs) I guess that was an option. Like, if I got the downgrade, that wouldn't be nice, but... You lose your Jesse Prime status. Yeah, wouldn't like that. No offense. Jesse was a common name when I was growing up, so went to school. this isn't my first time being gay yeah. Jesse. I went to school with so many Jessies and Jessicas and this school of like not many people, so wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, I was in high school there was three Eric's. That was that was about as many Eric's as I ever I mean the problem is is Jesse, Eric. They're all white. Yeah, they're names. all white. You go to a non-white school, you'd be fine. Yeah, you know what? You go to a school in Brampton, there are no, not too many Jessies no, no. or Eric's. Do you ever have trouble getting people to understand what your name is? Whenever I call places, people think my name is Jeff. Jeffy. Oh, Jeff. I Jeffy. get Jeff all I, the time. It always says Jeffy on my all name my is Jeff. seats. It's really yeah, stupid. It's not that, at work. That, that's a good me. jumping off point. So you work at the same place Tila does, and that's kind of how we found out at least i found out about you that so, is correct i do i work with tila yes i've just heard through the grapevine about you i never necessarily found out about you i just knew you existed in some capacity i helped train tila at work and now we work together in the same department okay do you you don't have the same job though you're doing something different than her no we have the same job now really yeah I she she went up real too. quick in her positions yeah when i was helping train her like that wasn't necessarily in an an official capacity it was just like training support so yeah she's definitely caught up how long until she's your boss how long until she's my boss well knowing tila probably not very long so (laughs) it's not very often we sing her praises on here so she knows how to run a call center she's got everybody on her side (laughs) sounds like it anyways i've never heard of her telling a story where somebody who works there was just not happy to to work with her we're giving her a hard time mama tila the first time she impressed me she needed a stand for her computer monitor and she just built one she came home and built one and brought it back the next day and one it's much nicer than what other people use and two in the kind of environment we work in it was just very impressive for her to like see a need fill it and like make it good i was i was so impressed there's not a lot of proactive I feel like they would raise. They probably drown out a lot of the creativity too. I don't know. Like I, we have better materials to build it out of too. Because when I, I saw what she built, I was like, we have like trees that we your your dad cut down with his sawmill. That you could have like used to to make something really fancy. But I was probably also impressed because I can't even build IKEA furniture. So just the fact <laughs> that she went home and made something that actually like stood up and yeah. didn't break was pretty impressive. It'd be really cool if she made one of the. I guess if you have one of the VESA ones that mount to the back of the monitors, you could have her set there. Do you have like dual a dual monitor setup? Or? Uh, yes. Yeah. In the role that we are in, we have a dual monitor setup. Yeah, that would look pretty cool if you had a nice stand for it. Yeah. So you didn't always work at this this call center. Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. I've done a, a lot of different things. You, you probably started by going to school for something, though. What, what did you do? Um, well, I am a typical millennial in that I've gone to school a few times for a few different things. Fair I enough. 
when I was younger, I went to school for uh, fashion business was the program. I had it. I was really obsessed with this MTV show uh, that I was speaking about earlier called The Hills. And in it, the main character goes to fashion school. So I was like, follow, I'm going to move to Toronto and go steps. to fashion school. Which which school was it? Uh, George Brown. George Brown, school. okay. Yeah, the program yeah. was fashion management. I got hmm. accepted there for culinary. Oh, cool. Good school for that. Yeah, hmm. I didn't go there for culinary. Yeah. But I got accepted there for culinary. <laughs> yeah, that's... So I needed an internship for school for the summer, and uh, actually also because of The Hills, I, um, I I saw a woman I recognized from MTV's after show about The Hills, and she ended up giving me an internship. We met at a, a Jean Provocateur fashion That was show. the first summer? Uh, so yeah, it was, I had just turned 21, and so in March, so that would have been 2009, uh, in March, I... I ran into this woman at a fashion show and I thought she was really funny on TV. She had sometimes controversial things to say. So I just like approached her and we made friends. I was dressing, it was a lingerie show and I was volunteering as a dresser. So when you work at a lingerie runway show, you obviously don't do the tops of the women because that would just be weird with all the arms. Like basically they come in the back, you have to like change them really fast. Yeah. So like I'm doing bottoms while the model does her own top. So, cause they have 60 seconds to put on the next look and it just happened <laughs> to be a lingerie show. So I actually met my boss over um, someone else's vagina. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, what's <laughs> so you're yeah, that sounds like a very interesting job to have. I didn't even know that would I guess if you had to be coming back out on the runway constantly Makes you know, sense. any time exactly. in between. They would do that on It's almost like a magician sort of job because a magician can do it on stage and, and you know, they just go inside of like a curtain or whatever and then yeah. come up with something else. They'd do that on like Broadway shows and stuff like that too. You'd have yeah. a changer because you have to change outfits so quickly as well. Not necessarily down to your underwear, but No. It was my first time volunteering at a fashion show like that because it was just a volunteer thing for school. And uh, also, obviously, I am not super experienced with like bra clasps, so I was pretty nervous. <laughs> oh, I wonder. To, I wonder why that is. <laughs> to do that in the first place, it was pretty <laughs> out of my comfort zone. It was fun. I don't think I don't think heterosexual men are comfortable with bra clasps. They're just a. I'd never even like really seen one. I no. was like, oh, like what do we I do get with used this? to them? They're not. They don't seem to be designed to be easy to, to remove, but eh. But women can. Oh, yeah. They just go. Yeah. I've, I'll never figure it out. No. Study it under a microscope. Uh, you know, typical high school girlfriend, first time trying to take it off. It just ends so badly, and you can't ever really practice. <laughs> like You can just tell them to take it off. It's probably the easier step. It's true. Hmm. Damn, so, so from working, I guess, at that runway show... Was that like a, a paid gig or that was just for the internship? So that was volunteer for school. Yeah, okay. And I just happened to need an internship for school for okay. the summer. And everybody else had kind of found one. The program I was in was really structured around becoming a buyer uh, for a store, which is like the person who uh, orders all the clothes that the stores are going to sell. They'll say, hey, we're going to you know sell 300 pairs of this jeans in this period of time and order it all. So that's sort of what my program was geared at. And so... I asked if I could do uh, a public relations oriented internship, not to be honest with you, not really knowing that much about what public relations was again on the Hills. They had, some of them had jobs in that sector and I just knew there were parties involved. So I thought that, <laughs> that would be cool. Um, so my teacher approved it 
and the work I actually did at the beginning didn't really involve uh, a lot of fashion too much. No, it did involve a lot of parties, actually. Really? Yes. Yeah, so um, the uh, publicist that I worked for was at that time primarily involved with nightclubs and restaurants, but like fine dining restaurants. So uh, it was a lot of launch events. Um, I was the list guy. Because I worked for one person, I actually had a really cool internship. A lot of my... Uh, classmates went to school or excuse me went to their internships in the summer and were like organizing paperwork and like really boring yeah that'd stuff. be pretty boring i was with one other person so uh, my mm-hmm. boss like uh, now she has an office and has like grown her business but at this time we worked in her condo so um it was a lot of parties i was the list guy so you know cool new nightclubs on the king west strip and uh, film festival was a big part of what we did that was a, a really busy time uh, because we worked with entertainment venues and uh, after the recession started in 2008 it kind of changed studios used to have a lot of money to throw parties whereas after that clubs and venues kind of um, covered the finances just to generate the press because film festival is one of the top three in the world of its kind or a tiff i mean so mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's a really big opportunity to great you know get celebrities to come to your venue and you know just be really buzzy. So would you went back to school after the internship to continue or you you <laughs> I, changed? No, I did. Um my internship did turn into a job. Uh my boss and I worked really well together and we were pretty close friends. And so I went back to school and um I didn't end up actually finishing that program. I stopped with one semester to go because I picked my job, but I definitely made like the right choice. Hmm. It was a really cool experience. That's sounds pretty interesting. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really get to do it, anything that was like an internship. Did you get to do anything under that category with the learning film about film and everything? What we were given the option because my there was the three categories you do: you major in film like the production side, so film and TV, and then you would divvy it up between film and TV. Or you could do the on-air side. The on-air and the TV production required an internship. So a lot of times people would go to CBC, CTV, stuff like that. CBC would be a pretty good connection to have. Oh, uh, Niagara College has a great standing with CBC. Probably one of the stronger ties as far as like jobs after um, school. You know, local channels didn't count. A lot of people I went to school with who did television production used to volunteer for Kojiko, went to school for broadcast, and now they still just volunteer with Kojiko. So hmm. there's no real, you know, no ups- jumping off, point, no, no upswing there. No. But for film, because our workload was a lot more, because TV productions, at least like live TV productions, a lot of planning, you shoot, you're done. But for film, it's such a process. They. They said, if you want to do an internship, you can use an agri-college as kind of like a gateway into the internship, and you'll be given, you know, the the scheduling needs. I can't remember exactly. It's been, you know, half a decade. But I think only like three people, maybe four, got an internship, one of whom got thrown off the internship for telling a senior lighting director how to do his job. And this guy can't frame a shot worth shit anyway. So, Um, shouldn't have been there. But yeah. So, 
most of the internships were in Toronto. I had a full time job here, balancing school and whatnot, so it just didn't work. It didn't no. make sense. No, I but guess if you can't schedule it, then it doesn't really make sense. Should I have? One hundred percent. In fact, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting opportunity that you don't really get out of school. When we when we talked to that one girl and we didn't recommend her going to photography school and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, you want to meet people, that's great. You want the opportunity to do an internship that you wouldn't necessarily do ahead of time or like outside of going to school. Yeah, probably going to a film course is a good idea. But, I mean, you could work your way up other ways too. It doesn't necessarily have to be through school. And then... Did, so, so after all that for you, did you... Did you change, like, go to a different school afterwards? Because you said you jumped all over the place. Well, I worked in that for a little bit. So my internship, like I said, it turned into a job. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, did you like it? Yeah, uh, did I, I loved it. It loved was it. a really cool experience. Sounds cool. For me, it didn't end up being the kind of thing that was going to be something that I could do for the rest of my life. However, I have so many cool stories from what I experienced and, you know, being a you know, not particularly affluent person from the Niagara region. Like, I don't know, I had a lot of experiences that you wouldn't necessarily expect to have. I certainly didn't. So it was a really cool time. After that, I moved on to... Because the people around you were affluent? Well, that was part of it. I mean, anything in entertainment and, you know, nightlife and that kind of stuff does obviously involve, you know, some fairly affluent people. I definitely have met some pretty affluent people. And, um... I think more to do with like just the the opportunities I guess like I never really kind of knew what even public relations or you know party oriented sort of jobs like were growing up I don't really know that I expected to do anything but or like anything super important but I definitely didn't expect to be you know like holding the list for you know VIPs and media at like a film festival party while like Danny DeVito gets his picture taken and you hmm. know what kind of what kind of names were on those lists then if Danny DeVito was one of them well normally the lists were more like for most of the kind of events we did like year round it would be more like journalists from Toronto and kind of like local celebrities I suppose like you know what I mean like MTV hosts and much music people and stuff like that um but during film festival there were some pretty big names uh at the party that I was just referencing with Danny DeVito it was an after party for a movie called Leaves of Grass starring Edward Norton and Ooh. Carrie Russell. Okay. Do you guys know who Carrie Russell is? She was Felicity. Felicity? It was like a like a show in the 90s. Sounds familiar, but I, I couldn't be sure about it. Um, anyway, so he was the big name, obviously, because Edward Norton is a big name, and he actually skipped the carpet. He got out of the, the car that drove him there, and he wouldn't do any press and like I was explaining before when after the recession the clubs were you know covering the bill for most of this stuff so that's sort of the whole point of why they did that so yeah so they kind of he kind of screwed them over a little bit by not doing the press exactly a little bit what did he do then he just he went the clubs like most people went in the side door of the club anyways but obviously for a press event we had the carpet outside the front door um and he went to the side door and his like bodyguards just kind of screened disappeared yeah huh yeah but danny devito who wasn't in the movie and uh (laughs) well his then wife rhea perlman and their daughter did pictures at the event 
Cool. So that was pretty cool. You can always count on Danny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you could pay, you could see him in a crowd to immediately pick him out. Unless there's tall people around him. Yeah, and there's tall people. Short. So yeah. tiny. Mm-hmm. All famous people, especially like screen actors, are way tinier than you would expect all of them. Like it's actually overwhelming. They all have kind of big heads. Not like figuratively. I mean like actually. And they're all small people. Well, I wonder why that trend would exist. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be... They're probably equally represented from just about every type of height. Yeah, maybe it's just for... Maybe they look better on camera. Actually, I don't know. The, the, there is a little bit of a psychology thing there. Where I think there's like a like a Napoleon situation where like people will overcompensate a little bit for maybe a deficiency in height by being this exuberant personality that maybe fits more into the, the art scene, especially like film and, and things like that. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Danny DeVito probably is a good example yeah. of that. Yeah. When I saw my favorite cast member from The Hills in person, she was so small. I just remember being like, they're all so small. Like, they're all so tiny. Even, yeah. in, even in music, it's kind of like that. Shania Twain. Yeah, when we were at the Country Music Hall of Fame. She's just like a little stick figure. Like, you know, and it's I, puny. I went to the Wax Museum in the Falls yesterday. Yeah. And I've been there a few times. But I never really took into account the Shania Twain wax figure. So I'm looking at her. Yeah. I'm doing math. I'm like, okay, good scale. But then when you see her in a mock of the outfit, like she, she is tiny. Mm-hmm. And to, I mean, to see the outfit is one thing, but to even see a, a wax version of her. Yeah. She's yeah, just a little midget singing on stage. <laughs> Almost. But then you get people like Chad Kroger who are like a tree. Yeah, I I guess I have no reference for his height. Yeah, he, if you look at pictures of him, he's always like towering over everybody he's around. He's pretty tall. If he's at the front of the, the, all the bandmates, you don't really get to compare his size to everybody else. Fair. Yeah. I guess if he had a really tall drummer and he's sitting like way high up, you'd probably notice. But yeah, have you you've come into contact with Chad Kroger? Um, I have not. Well, I saw him once at the MMBAs from like a distance, but oh, okay. that was just like as a you know a civilian. So who this this is? I, I like the stereotypical questions. Who would be the most at the time or now quote unquote famous celebrity that you've actually spoke to? Most famous celebrity that I've actually spoke to. If we're talking about people that are on, like, in the arts for being famous, like, then, I mean, hmm. (laughs) You know, that is a good question. Thank you. I saw, well, okay, so I've spoken to Bill Gates. I don't know. He's not a screen actor. That's that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty famous. I mean, it was very briefly and in passing but yeah it's not every day you meet somebody whose name is going to be like in history textbooks so oh yeah i was pretty struck by that actually and he's keeping himself sort of in the forefront which with this charity work and all yeah. that still household name yeah like i guess it really depends like i mean i'm kind of dialed out now with celebrity culture so some people which is kind of probably ironic but some people uh you know have become more famous now than they were um some famous people that i've met I've actually met in like, you know, completely in passing, but the bulk of it was Canadian celebrities. I guess like Audrina from the Hills, Danny DeVito, huge name, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, very recognizable. Not yeah. necessarily the biggest star now, but just very, very recognizable. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I watched Matilda the other day. Oh, yeah, he's in that. Yeah, he is. I recently watched that as well. I feel like it just came on Netflix. So uh, I watched it on DVD. 
<laughs> oh, gotcha. I had it. Uh, we're having a night in, so we watched Matilda. And that it's it's a great movie. I just spilled water on myself. <laughs> I failed at drinking on your podcast. You might as well own it. I have a really good mouth. I always spill on myself. It's really bad. <laughs> it beaded right up off your shirt, so you're kind of lucky. Yeah, I spilled all over my pants. I was very <laughs> nervous. That's all. You know, it's I, off camera. See, yeah. you good. Below the belt. There's no crotch cam. You guys are making me so nervous. <laughs> good. That's our job. Um, I do it at work all the time. I have terrible depth perception. I have bad aim. Like I just am like. You know, you just spilled again. That <laughs> yeah, was just the sweat from the bottle. I think this time, hopefully, I'm a spilly person. It's my life. Well, that's why they probably don't. They like, probably don't like that near the keyboards and everything. I have a water bottle with a like metal lid on it. I've never spilled on anything at work. Maybe at work, I'm just better at life because I'm trying to. Hmm. You know, people spill on electronics all the time. At, it bothers me. At BD people. Oh my, not. But people will bring in Apple laptops all the time. And it's the fried because they dump their yeah, coffee Yeah, and on then it. sometimes they lie. Like this woman said, my Apple laptop or my you know, MacBook doesn't work. I'm like, okay, can you take it out of the case? Sure. So she puts it down because I need to get the serial number. Like, so why did it stop working? She's like, I don't know. So I pick it up to turn it over to get the serial number. And like... A small double-double worth of coffee pours out of the laptop. Like. I can, I, I think I found your problem. Did you spill coffee on it? Like, yeah, well, not that much. I'm like, not that much. There's a lot right here, and I assume more has dropped at And she's like, oh. Once it sit inside, I would be, like, my laptop would be upside down within seconds. Someone who thinks they're going to get yeah. their problem fixed. She must have spilled the coffee. Yeah. Put the laptop in the case yeah. and thought, I'm going, and like, I, he'll look at it, but I think you have a paperweight. Yep. Well, eh, you could probably recover a laptop. You just got to dry the whole thing out and probably, I don't even know if you could, if anybody really cleans off motherboards, but that sounds like a whole lot of sticky inside your computer and the, and the fans and everything. Not good. Not good. No. So just the, the incompetencies of people with their technology. Uh, I kind I of relate to that so much that yeah, I relate to that a lot. On on the note of technology, a little bit, I got the hint that you play video games, and I don't know much about the history ones. But what are you what are you playing right now? Uh, okay, so the game that I'm playing right now, the one that I play the most, is called Crusader Kings Two. Yeah, it's by Paradox studios paradox entertainment i don't know what they're called paradox something i looked it up a little bit after you mentioned it but i they make a few games uh, that are kind of all or mostly a similar format but basically crusader kings is it's about the middle ages it's basically feudalism the game so yeah. you get a flat map of the known world in the middle ages is it like a turn-based strategy kind of game no or? it's like a pause play so you push space bar to pause and like you if we need time oh. to like do things you can make time go by fast it's very open-ended so you have a flat map of the known world in the middle ages and the world is broken down into counties so as a player the smallest um re amount of land you can hold is one county but you can become like a duke if you hold more than a couple counties and then like a king if you unite and this sounds intriguing it does you started a point in real history with like real people. You could make your own like custom dynasty that you start with, or you can make like you could play as like a famous dynasty. I'd make a dynasty. And everything after the starting point is open ended. So you, yeah, it's basically you're ruling fictitious Middle Ages Europe. It's um, 
it's definitely not for everybody. There's no tutorial really, and it took me a long time to figure it out. It's very moddable. There's a very popular Game of Thrones takeover mod, and that's okay. actually how I discovered it because I saw on a forum that you know best Game of Thrones video game, and because that's how I discovered it. They, they do they have an official Game of Thrones video game at this point? They do have a few, but the there's ones a, that I know of had really bad reviews. There's a Telltale Story one. Yes, that one was okay. It's the same people that made the the Walking Dead stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They they had a few hits. Uh, they made a really really good Back to the Future. Uh, story yeah, I, I remember that. That was really good. That was pretty cool. They got the Jurassic Park IP and fucked that up, but I, I don't know. Game of Thrones is such a big intellectual property that it. I'm almost surprised there isn't like a major, you know, PlayStation, Xbox title or whatever. There are a couple of titles, but they're they aren't super popular because the gameplay is like either well, I think there was graphics issues with one. You know, I really am hesitant to say because I can't remember exactly what the problems were, but I know there were issues with the reception. Um, the honestly, the Crusader Kings game is like perfect for a Game of Thrones mod because Game of Thrones, the reason you couldn't really make a video game about it, or especially like the book series is because that of that deep kind of like house conflict situation like the amount of feudalism influence that's in it um whereas like the fantasy elements are really easy to focus on but how do you make a game about about you know feudalism and about marrying your children for alliances and wars and like in that that at least sure. is short. it's a little bit more of a slow-paced game at that point if you were mm -hmm. to try to copy that it Crusader Kings lends itself. I've always think the artistic style of like the Witcher games might work for Game of Thrones if you if you took whatever engine they're using and put it in that that direction. Mm -hmm. But but what other what other games do you play? Um, well, traditionally I've played a lot of World of Warcraft. Okay. Uh, you know, I know that's pretty basic, but I... I, I actually um, never got into that, even yeah. when all my friends had their paid subscriptions and were, went in that pretty early on. I've been pretty on and off. I played a lot at the beginning. I started in, like, Vanilla WoW, and I was pretty hardcore through the first expansion pack. Most people who started when it came out just kind of kept with it for much, much... I don't think anybody was jumping in, like, eight years into the... <laughs> I mean, some people do. I um, I had friends who have joined, like especially now because they've made it very casual friendly. So when yeah. you join, you can get like a boost to the max level. I know it's free to play up to a certain level or something. I think not for too long. I think only like level fifteen or like twenty. Yeah. Like it's pretty. I don't know what the actual number is, but it's pretty low. Mm -hmm. But you get a boost with every like account you make. Like if you pay for it, so you can catch up with your friends. But I honestly, I've been playing a lot of um, like D and D lately. So I haven't been gaming. Yeah, and focusing on the electronic games. Yeah, see, that's that's still a thing that maybe Tila will be able to get me into one day, but I don't have the attention span for yeah. any of that. I don't have the time. Well, it, it doesn't sound that bad if you do it like once a week, or even if you do it less frequently than that. I know she's got got some games that are like once a month or something. The one we play is once a month. It's actually like pretty like i have attention deficit disorder so i definitely feel you on focusing on it but it's pretty cool tila's really good at being a dm i i watched her do it and it looks it looks like she's doing an amazing job yeah she's really good she's really experienced so this is my first time playing um so i was totally new but we are our group anyways is the most like non-stereotypical D, D group that like in terms of the way we play like i feel like when people that don't know anything about DD imagine it they imagine a bunch of people like in a basement you know what i mean like eating cheetos and like 
I don't know, playing D and D, and ours is like very, it's very adult. It for me, I think the the weird part about it is for video games. You a lot of times I want to be as direct as possible about achieving my objectives and things like that. But I hear all the time in D and D, people are just going off on these weird tangents and talking to pe- people. Yeah, they're just talking to like people in a, the bar that they they stopped in or whatever. Like the and, and just going off on weird tangents that it's just going to be your DM's just going to be rolling a dice and figuring out all the statistical probability of all these things forever and it feels like you're just missing the point of going for an objective. It feels like I'd be wandering off. I think because I like fantasy fiction, I really like D&D because of how non-direct it can be. Like in a video game when you have, uh, I always play mage characters um, you have a fireball spell, you can shoot it at your enemies, but they can't like, you can't blow up a wall with it usually. Depends on the game, but a game like WoW for example. But in D&D, like, you know, we were, our characters were trapped in a prison. I summoned a beetle that used acid to break us out of it. It's kind of cool how, like, open-ended it can it's, be. It's just all imagination-based. Maybe I just yeah. have a really bad imagination. I can't really deal but see, with it. see, that's why I if, like... If I stuck a VR headset on me and I was going to go, I guess, you know, be in this world, yeah, it'd be, be kind of oh, yeah. neat to we'll propose... We'll get into... Uh, some VR stuff? Some, um video game design and then she can do a, she, she can be a, a game designer slash dm for her virtual dungeons and dragons former husband did something very cool i don't know if we say former husband cool or whatever. i can I edit care. it out later he and i suppose now you probably could actually put it in vr he made an entire world not world of warcraft a dungeons and dragons campaign on minecraft Oh yeah, I'm sure lots of people have done so, that though. He, I mean, you there, there Minecraft traps. So there, there was everything. It was simple enough for him to do, but he spent quite a bit of time on it. It was See, neat. I could handle that because there's restrictions within the world that I understand. I, I know what the limitations are of my character moving through the Minecraft world, yeah. and it's not so much imagination at that point. It's just problem solving based on the given things that I know that I can do. It's not so bad, but he, he just so he just made that in Minecraft. He built the map again. Huh. I didn't play it. He showed me the world and he showed me, you know, the the traps and some of the stuff. But I, I still couldn't couldn't take the time to to play it. But that idea intrigues me more so than a have, a race a raceable whiteboard. Have you tried any like VR headsets or any VR games? Or I have that? not actually, no. which is so funny because I I usually am a very early adopter, but. That, I, until like two weeks ago i had never tried it myself either and it's just strange how many people have like the playstation one or they have an htc vibe or they have whatever and there is definitely like a community of people out there that are using these things and enough people developing games but it's something that still i feel like most people haven't tried it no they haven't had somebody in their in their homes have the system to you know stick the helmet on and all that but it it is amazing I just haven't had the opportunity i definitely am intrigued by it the that's why really our cool. podcast next week I, I thought about trying to get in touch or just go before we shoot, and I just want my first time in a professional virtual reality setting to be on camera. <laughs> if that happen. Yeah. yeah. It would uh, it'd be pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think you would buy into any of the virtual reality games that they have if you if somebody gave you the headset like would you play like skyrim or something like that with the so vr version they say that that I, is horribly programmed yes i would love skyrim. to play skyrim skyrim specifically this is really embarrassing but i started playing i'm a little bit arachnophobic 
and by a little bit I mean like a lot. Yes, and I'm. Tila's shown you my my spider photos. Uh, yes, she has. I she showed me on her phone, and I threw it actually, yes. and told her that handing me a picture of a spider on your smartphone was a very dangerous little game to play. Cute spider photo. Good thing she has a good case. In Skyrim, the first like kind of big thing you fight, or at least I'm pretty sure, because I was walking to a cave full of webs, I was pretty sure I was walking into a big spider, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do this. So you definitely want to experience that in first person oh yeah definitely i'm kind of bad at action oriented games like i'm better at grand strategy i like to like sit and think about what i'm gonna do next and Mm -hmm. um you know be tactical about things i'm really bad at games where you have to aim and shoot at stuff i wish that i could be better at that but that that is not my skill it's all just i don't know creating just sort of a muscle memory for the the controls i've been much better at like fps shooters when i was younger you still have a playstation and all that but if i if somebody handed me a, a playstation controller now and told me to play call of duty online i would just get my ass handed to me i can't do it anymore i do want to try fortnite i'm very intrigued by it because of how many like fortnite players are kind of like becoming semi-celebrities yeah. it's i it's definitely picked up steam i i did yeah this is it's different it's one of those things for me like as soon as i got it started getting really really popular i already had felt like i missed the bandwagon because it came out a long time before it was even getting super popular and then i I don't know i'm like should i even bother trying it is there any point is the next thing gonna come out by the time i get into it and then then i'm enjoying myself or whatever even i think it's even kind of like wow and that like you saw these worlds be built up and then they they would go through a revision and they like i guess destroy whatever world existed before whatever in the cataclysm and things like that and you're like why would i even start now i don't care i got i missed out on all the cool stuff that you that you know happened years ago it's sort of like a fear of missing out i guess but i mean i guess you got to jump in somewhere right i'm just intrigued because it's catching so much of the public imagination and yeah. so a lot of young people are playing yeah it like i want to i want to try it wow is a good one to compare it to because of sort of the celebrity player base that that had for a little bit mm-hmm. offhand i can only recall the canadian singer lights being really into world of warcraft but mr t Ooh, mila kunis was really think, into world of warcraft i think that's just the commercial yeah, mr i don't know and if he was Oz, into it Ozzy or Osborne was, too. but he they did have a commercial I mean, it would depend on how much of a corporate shill they were if they didn't know anything about it. I wouldn't doubt that Mr. Uh, T T has no clue about World of Warcraft. For some reason, I picture Mr. T being okay with World of Warcraft. They made him like a character in the game kind of thing, yeah. You'd be surprised, like, the kinds of people that it attracts. It attracts a lot of people that you know have once been or at least back in the day it used to attract a lot of people who had once been busy with something but now we're kind of like needing to fill you know what i mean the space um everybody from like people on disability to like military wives like yeah uh, makes sense Hmm. which definitely changes it up from being like just a teenage boy kind of audience to being more diverse at this point then you fast forward a little bit and all those military wives are on facebook building imaginary farms (laughs) <laughs> yeah like if, if i was in the military and my wife was going to be you know wasting her time with a, a video game i feel like at least like with wow if she was like doing something hardcore i'd be like oh okay at least at least, at least get a tinder account and start cheating on me first She's like that's <laughs> I, I i think that's the stereotype is these guys go away to war or whatever and then they come back and they you know oh you got a new husband now great but i guess now they just play video games so that's slightly less destroying of a family that's true i don't know i've definitely played with some people who i've heard like because obviously you talk on a microphone and i used to do like rating like high like high level rating and 
um, you definitely hear kids in the background sometimes and like parents being like one minute like I'll be there in a minute and you're just like yeah yeah that's kind of weird too because getting the contrast to that used to be some kid playing and his mom was just yelling at him to get off the damn game or whatever time for bed one more level let me save now the kids are yelling hey can we have dinner wait a second Jimmy I'm just playing World of Warcraft here right like actually though that's sad that's sad I I haven't really thought about that before I think it's like anything there's just people who take it a little too yeah (laughs) a little too seriously that's (laughs) funny I always thought it was interesting that Mila Kunis played Warcraft. She was a big, a big one for. A, and they put in a, a character in her honor because she played WoW so much. But it See, was that's, like a, that's why I think Mr. T played because he had a character in his honor that looked like Mr. T, sort of. Well, some of some celebrities would have characters like there's a, a Paris Hilton, and I don't think that Paris Hilton Pre- no played no no, Warcraft. no definitely not <clears throat> at all not well. Yeah, no, definitely not. You know, funny story about Paris Hilton, or just funny kind of like thing to note. Um, celebrities at this time, the time when I worked with them, uh, were doing club appearances. That was a big thing. I'm assuming it probably still is, but at this time, you know what I mean? Having celebrities at the club was like a big draw. Oh, yeah. And Paris Hilton actually has a reputation for being one of the easiest to work with. She's like, because she's professionally famous, she, yeah, she was always like apparently very professional and like. She had a good reputation as far as celebrity club appearers go. Opposite end would be Lindsay Lohan, who used to ditch everything. Hmm. Do you guys know who Jermaine Dupree is? Nope. So the company that I work... Okay, he was married to Janet Jackson. He's like a music oh, producer. Oh, I recognize the name. Okay. Do you guys know what a writer is? Yeah. Okay, so for whatever... It was 2009, and it was an MMBA after party, and our client had an opportunity to get Lady Gaga. It was the year she was branding for, like, a pretty low price, but instead they went with Jermaine Dupree. Um, Sounds like a mistake. So, no, it was on purpose. So he sends over his rider for a club appearance. Okay. And on his rider is bug spray. He needed, like, a certain number of cans of bug spray for okay. inside a nightclub. Why? So, great question. Yeah, but the the rider essentially just so yeah, clear, it fills the needs. contract yeah. and whatnot. Well, no, it's a list of well, their yeah, needs. They're like, hey, I need like, like a trailer, three that... bags of Smarties, yeah. and, and no two liters of Pepsi. Yes. Exactly. And sometimes there's strange requests on celebrity riders, but that was yeah. the that's the weirdest. He ended up not showing up actually. Oh, okay, so, but did did they buy the bug spray? No, obviously that would be like a safety hazard. One can only hope that it was the wrong rider, like it was his outdoor concert rider. Yeah. But everything else was normal. That was the only item on the list that was strange. Hmm. Bug spray for an You can't even do whippets with bug spray. Like there's no Not if you don't want to die. Yeah, that's just that's just using an inhalant that's gonna kill you. Yeah. Your lungs are gonna swell up with mucus and yeah. Have you guys ever done whippets? No. No. We, I guess maybe you are. Yeah. What's what? Okay. What, what well, are they like? Forget, I hear that they're once again we're really interesting. This is a fictional podcast. Everything we talk about. The, yes. I'm just playing a character of somebody yeah. who you know sucks the whipped cream or the gas out of the whipped cream canister. Honestly, um, it, do you ever get whipped cream in your lungs? Uh, no, because okay. So I will preface this by saying that I do not do whippets in my adult life. Yeah, don't do whippets; they're dangerous. <laughs> they are. But, but listen know. to people who have done them if you're interested. Maybe once upon a yesteryear when I was a teenager, I you know sucked the. If you push the whipped cream canister just like a little bit, you know how it makes that yeah. pressure sound. If you just do it enough to do that, and you suck on it, the gas is leaking out, and there's not enough gas in it to make you feel like 
you're high for like a minute. You just feel really kind of like lightheaded, but not in a dizzy way. Just very like I don't know, warm. It lasts one minute. It's nitrous oxide, so yeah. it's laughing gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't the worst feeling. Hmm. That's a uh, it's On the a topic. All the accessible drug. Yeah, or, it is. You can get it anywhere. Yeah. Eh, I don't know if they're as popular now as they used to be because people do know there are big health risks for that. I don't know. I feel like maybe when Demi Moore got busted doing whippets, maybe they came back into style for a while. Got busted doing whippets. Like, it's illegal to do whippets? Well, not busted, but just it, like she, when her and Ashton Kutcher broke up, there was like all these stories about her doing whippets for some reason. Don't they just have canisters of nitrous oxide? Yeah. Yeah, it'd probably be easier. But, but I mean, you go to any grocery store, you can get a can of whipped cream. I know, but I mean, you. you it, it's it'd be. I, what would happen if you went in front of the cop shop and just started huffing on a whipped cream? Like, can they do something about it? I mean, public intoxication. I is guess illegal if they can prove you were intoxicated, but probably not. I just really like whipped cream. They probably just feel sorry for you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, kind of it's like it's like huffing. It's like the guys that huff paint. You just get busted on trespassing or something to get into the paint store. Do people actually do that? Yes. And it, it's because of toluene and other, other compounds in there that can really... And then they just rot your brain out. Like, I've seen, I think probably um, cops, the, the, the old cops from the 90s, they would, they'd find people that do that. And they're just... They can't process anything anymore. They just know, that's the hardware store. I'm going to go in there, find the gold or silver spray paint with, like, the flex in it. They said that people have color preferences or something. The only exposure Stop I've it. ever had to huffing was the episode of Seventh Heaven where one of the like members of the you know the pastor's family had a friend at school who was huffing. Right. That's the only time I've ever seen it. Hmm. And I've uh, seen a lot of stuff. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Justin used to work at Dollarama and he had a guy and you wonder how many times you can do this before you like end up not feeling well. The guy would come in and he, Justin, would watch him come in, buy hand sanitizer, and then drink it. Wrong type of alcohol. Poisonous. Not right. Like It's a denatured ethanol, I think. It's not isopropyl alcohol. So it, it is ethanol. It's just not supposed to be ingestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that would do to you. That would not be good. Well, call back to previous episodes. It's not good to ingest, and it's not good to masturbate with. We've learned this before. Jesse <laughs> tried to jerk off using hand sanitizer. One of sanitizer the first times ever, yeah. As lube. It's not like it was last week. It was like 15 yeah. years ago. So what's the weirdest thing you ever used to jerk off with? It didn't end well. It was okay. No cleanup. You hear people using like shampoo as lube and stuff. That's not nearly as bad as hand sanitizer. That sounds awful. Why uh-huh. would you do that to yourself? The mentality as a 13-year-old was, I'm in a spare bedroom at home because my parents gave out my bedroom to guess. I don't want a mess. When I use hand sanitizer, it just dries away. I didn't even think about the fact that it's a sensitive area and, you know. Not that it's also going to dry the skin on your penis Again, and make it more difficult thir- than if you just did it without it. <laughs> oh, just, well, yeah. After I put it on, it's not like I finished happily that night. No, no. It was great for about three seconds. <laughs> and then the pain came and nothing else did. So, yeah, I don't recommend it. Don't do whippets. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate with hand sanitizer. 
Not use soap if you're going to. Don't use soap use, either. Just go something. Go buy lube. Go to a sex shop. Tell them that you're... Unless you're in the States and you can't. Yeah. If you're younger than 21. God. Oh, we... Okay. We've already... Let's just tell all the same stories we've already told in the podcast. We, we went to Florida. Joe on, Rogan does. Yeah. We went to Florida on vacation once. And just before we once. left, we, we were looking for... Just check places to check out, and we saw a sex shop, and it was the first one we saw. We were Called down there. Condom Knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, good name. So we thought, well, what is a sex shop like in America? Because we've seen them in Canada, so whatever. Right. Go go to one in America, <laughs> and we walk up to the front entrance, and I open the door, and I walk through. I'm the first one. Because he looks like and such a baby. As soon as I get in there, I can see down like it's literally like 45 feet away is the counter, straight down ahead, and there's a down bunch the of stuff, hall. bunch of stuff, you know, all the sex stuff on the sides. The second I'm get through the door, the lady by the counter says, "Come up, ID, ID, please." Like, the, she was washing the door, just waiting for me, and I was like, "Okay." And there's this slow 15 second walk all the way over to the counter to show her my driver's license. She's like, "Where are you guys from?" I'm like Canada. Eight. And she took all of her IDs and, and made sure that we weren't to under 21 people trying to buy condoms, God forbid. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. 21 years old. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, by 21 years old, you know. Now, I would assume. Yeah, you probably already got five kids. If I would assume you'd be able to right. go into a Walmart like here and buy condoms and stuff like that. Maybe I'm they're assuming... under, I bet you they're lock, under lock and key or something. Because America. Well, the, the weird thing about the store isn't the i mean i guess here my parents sex shop you had to be over 18 so same thing no they, they do have age restrictions here but, but they just ask you they don't ask for yeah, freaking id especially but, so violently yeah id id turns sex. out sex shops in the states are pretty similar minus the yeah the incredible infatuation with semen scented and flavored stuff they have a semen-centered, scented, or flavored lube. Which, if you anal lube, if, anal numbing lube. If you want it, to, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. If you want it to smell like semen, just make it. Make sure there's it's semen. I, I am definitely not a prudish person, but for whatever reason, sex shops make me very shy. And whenever I go to one, I am bright red the whole time. I had to purchased something when I was like 21 and the guy that I was dating at the time was like okay we're gonna go you know to the sex shop to get it and I couldn't I couldn't speak the whole time I'm in there and I'm I'm not shy about that kind of stuff I don't know why they make me so shy they make it a bit weirder I find personally when they when they make it like one of those sex shop and smoke shops (laughs) like they got like gigantic dicks and porn videos and everything and then right beside it it's like just bongs and like weed paraphernalia and that's the two things they specialize I mean you know, gigantic dicks and bongs are not, like, the worst things to specialize in. No, it's, it's just an odd division. Like, this half of the store, stoners. This half of the store, people that are really horny. Basically, you get, yeah, get them in the same place. Yeah, you might you might get a good mix of the you two. You get though. a crossover, a pipe that looks like a dick or something, but... That's I had a bong once that looked like a dick. I mean, you know, I'm playing a role of someone who had a bong once that looked like a dick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't mine. It was my roommate's, but yeah. You're holding it. It was like the house. It was the house. (laughs) The house dick. Yeah. Like, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The first time I ever really went into a stag shop uh, was not fun because I was young. 
the woman at the stag shop was an attractive woman and I was there with the sole purpose of trying to find, you know, like we have talked about before, the the knockoff Viagra. <laughs> the the herbal erection. The herbal pills. supplements yes. of sorts because my health plan didn't cover Viagra. And I felt like she had to basically drive the conversation because as soon as I walked in, she was like, hi, how are you? Like, fine, I don't want to be here. So I told her my story. I'm like, okay, so listen. <laughs> I have a herniated disc because I didn't want her to think it's just a 21-year-old that, you know, can't have sex. So I was like, I have a herniated disc. Can't feel anything below my legs or below my waist. That hasn't helped me. I need something. I... I'm mostly self-employed, and my I don't have a drug plan that would cover Viagra or Cialis because most don't give me something. And they did, and it worked. But that was a god-awful first trip to the stag shop. Resurrection it was? Resurrection. Resurrection. At least she didn't try to, like, you know, play a joke on you and be like, have you ever tried a cock ring? Uh, they, see, the... I feel like that would have made me shy. I'd be like, ah. <laughs> I ended up on a subsequent visit and buying one because the whole problem was is it could it would work but i couldn't feel anything so if we could somehow stimulate see the cock ring would work because then you're just trapping but it, i wasn't happy at that point so your semen lube would need to have the opposite of numbing reagents in it you would need to have like sense enhancing semen lube <laughs> yes and preferably you know not be semen scented. <laughs> just sounds gross. But it exists! Like, yeah, it exists. Like, it's just, it's such a odd, for me it's odd because are it, there people out there that are, like, that are thinking I absolutely need to use this flavored anal numbing lube or scented. I can't remember if scented or flavored. I'm pretty sure it was flavored because it was really weird. But even then, like, I just love the smell of semen so much. Yeah, just waiting for somebody to that come. That I'm buying this gallon. As soon as somebody comes, just... Uh, <laughs> you're doing semen whippets. Semen whippets. Your semen smells so good. Hmm. Like, no one said that ever. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Sounds like it could be like a password top secret computer. It would be cool. Well, maybe cool is the wrong word, but if you ever had like, a bad <laughs> hookup and you needed to, like, fake it so that it could be over and, like, you couldn't is that finish, a... you could just be like... And then be like, ooh, I, have I faked came, you felt it. Like, once. As a... Yeah? I have faked an orgasm once. <laughs> Everyone's faked an orgasm at least once. Have you? I feel like I might have probably might have tried to do that, but I don't think I. Fa- I think I. I think I'd just be honest and be like, "Yeah, this isn't gonna work. It's too bad. Sorry, I don't care." Well, once again, I was with the woman I hated at the time, so I needed to get it over with. I yeah. needed to do my due diligence. If you're an economist, it's easy. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I was when like I acted. I'm not gonna act right <laughs> now, but I acted, and then it's like, oh, better throw this away quickly without you looking. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if you're watching, you hate me anyway. So if she finds these, oh my god, would not be good. You just you've been incriminating yourself for like episode after episode. I know. I've said her name. It's out there. Not last name though, so it's okay. It's good. It's wonderful. I won't reveal my secrets of who I faked it with. You know that'll be a secret. I'll take to the grave. Just one. Just one. 
I mean, that would be telling. <laughs> if anyone is, uh, that I have ever been with would see this, then I don't mean you. Of course not. It's not you. It's the other person. Yeah, other. exactly. Yeah, there's only been two, obviously. So, yeah, the other person. You, ooh, I just thought of something that it's a bit of a tangent, but you went to Disney World recently. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I want to hear about that. <laughs> oh no, it's it's somewhat related to a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I want to know what that was like. <laughs> I'm okay. excited. Uh, okay, okay, yes. I yes. did go to Disney World recently. Um, okay, so I'm a Sagittarius and I'm a little prone to being both impulsive and like when I make a decision that I'm going to do something, I kind of just like do it. Like people are like, hey, are you sure? I'm like, mm, go away. So, anyways, I I was in, uh, I mean, like, a five-year relationship, which was my longest relationship, and I have been single since then. So, I've always been the kind of person, I feel like, where I've chased other people, so I was like, I'm gonna wait until some guy chases me, because why not? So, you know, whatever, I was just living my life working, and so my, I have a coworker who's really cool, really like him. He was like, I have a gay brother, his brother, like, messaged me on Facebook, but that's kind of an interesting thing like I have this gay brother would you be interested in that well it wasn't really like that he actually didn't want to connect us which looking back probably should have been a sign but um, his brother like he had asked like do you know him and so he messaged me on Facebook one night and anyways he so I went on a date with him and he was cool we hung out like a few times he was a really interesting person um, anyways but you know I, when you're single, there's certain things that when you're planning, it's different when you're than when you're in a relationship. Like traveling, for example. Like going on a big trip. Like sure, you can travel alone, but I've just never actually done that other than, you know, a one plane ride by myself. So, you know, we had kind of been talking about like hypothetically going to Disney World. We hung out a few times. He travels a lot for work. So we had big periods where we wouldn't see each other. Anyways, we were like, let's go to Disney World. So planned a vacation was you know cool um <laughs> anyways so while we were <laughs> this is so embarrassing while we were at disney world um he we had a few good days and then traveling brings out weird sides of oh you, yeah i you know I, I like and plus like when you are used to maybe having, you know, certain herbal supplements that are more difficult to acquire in, in the Florida. Than yeah, especially in Disney World. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when you have two people that are, you know, normally used to doing something like that, it can also bring out some interesting sides of people. So he just got like a little like paranoid and jealous and I, uh, you know, like a <laughs> he insinuated that I had, you know, was trying to meet um, other gentlemen at Disney World. Because that's what you do at Disney World. You just, yeah, you which f- obviously is a little, you know, You were trying to do it with Peter Pan, weren't you? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, we were staying at a Disney resort, and we, I didn't have a car. <laughs> like, we were obviously staying together, so... Anyways, it was pretty odd, and then... I was just going to ask about the rides there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my embarrassing story, so... You, did you did you actually do much at the park itself? Yeah, I saw everything. It was okay. awesome. Yeah, that, that was mostly what was interesting. So that's first I, didn't, time I assumed you were prompting me because I figured that Tila had told you the story. No, it was, it was related to that's that. real funny. Open mouth, insert foot, the Jesse Warner story. That's the book about my life. First time yeah. at Disney? 
Uh, no, third time it doesn't third actually, time. but longest uh, trip. It was pretty cool. I only met one character, um, and that was by accident, and it was Stitch. So, would you bump? Like, how do you meet us? Big giant furry blue. The guy that I was with insisted the line we were getting into was a line for a ride, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is just to meet Stitch, and. Turns out it was just to meet Stitch. Were you happy to meet Stitch? I mean, it was the we had just arrived at the park in the morning, so it was pretty funny. Like, (laughs) it was really fast. It was a short line, so Hmm. it was the morning. But it was pretty cool. I mean, Disney is a really cool place. It's intense. Yeah, it's busy. You have to be really organized if you want to see everything. Um, Do you guys like Avatar? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't mean the Last Airbender. I love the Last Airbender, but, but the, the movie's the James Cameron. The movie's good too. Yeah, Animal Kingdom has Pandora now, so they actually like have recreated Pandora like at night, like all this stuff like glows hmm. and looks cool. I spend a fuck ton. Yeah, I it would imagine cool. just like on the movie probably, mm-hmm. and on movie two, three, and four. There's film filming. There's back more to than back. just the. Yeah. Oh my god, it's coming out. It's gonna be great. They waited a while for the second one. They did because he wanted to perfect. The, his newest technology. Some, there's a new technology? I don't know what it's going to be. It was pretty epic in 3D. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. was the first thing that really caught and made 3D sort of catch on again. And now it just it just sucks because people film it and then in post they do the 3D stuff. But eh. yeah, yeah, when the second one should be good. When Michael Bay advertises, hey, the latest Transformers movie was filmed in 3D, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm hmm. When no other movie films in 3D, but then Michael Bay's like, fuck it. Do Let's it. do it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a big budget with Transformers, and you can still make it look like crap, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of sad. It is pretty sad. <laughs> oh, what I could film with $150,000, much less $250 million. Re- Off topic, read an article today. Most expensive movie of all time to make. Not adjusted for inflation, but just most expensive movie. I feel like I know this, but I can't think of what it is offhand. It's not one that you would guess. Most likely. I'm not going to guess it then. The second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh. No. I, I can see a lot of those being very expensive to to make. That's not what I was going to guess. What were you going to guess? I, for some reason, had in my head that it was like an older movie. Um, and I, I don't know which movie I'm actually thinking of. But yeah, Now the most matter. successful movie of all time adjusted for inflation has gone with the wind which has made over three billion dollars if you adjust for titanic no still more than titanic if you adjust for inflation i love titanic titanic's good shoot i I don't know i'm telling you gone with the wind gone with the wind is the highest grossing Hmm. i haven't seen it i don't know anything about it it's not i mean it's not your hey i'm just gonna casually watch a movie if you're gonna watch something in cinematic history you should you know make a steak sit down and enjoy it but make a snake yeah it's an interesting thing to do watch a movie <laughs> usually you pop some popcorn or something but i've never no, thought, gone with wind i've never thought of soaking some some meat and some some something to marinate and then throwing it on the barbecue before i put a movie on yeah, i don't like popcorn i guess if it's a long movie popcorn doesn't take particularly long to make so yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen gone with the wind it's actually. good i don't think i've seen it um I, I don't know if it got released on Blu-ray. They did a weird thing years ago. Where they're like, we're just going to release tons of classics, spend quite a bit of money uh, reinvigorating them and you know putting them on Blu-ray. And the only one that I own is Citizen Kane on Blu-ray, which is pointless, I think. It looks phenomenal. Minus the fact that it's in black and white, it looks like 
it could have been shot, you know, 10 years ago. There's a lot of, um, I guess, potential in rescanning films and stuff just because of the technology for doing that is better. And the films were so good at recording images back, even back then. One thing I just, a little bit of note of what I was doing this weekend as I uh, was, my grandmother's burial was going on, but mostly it was about divvying up the stuff that she had and her possessions and things. And somebody immediately came up to me with a bag full of negatives from like film cameras and stuff. And I was like, that's cool. Like I'm probably the only person that would bother scanning them or having anything to do with them, even though I don't really know any of the people in the photos. But, but I was just thinking, oh, it's just going to be like 35 millimeter cameras from like the 80s and 90s, whatever. And the first, as soon as I opened it up, opened it up, it was all like six by six photos, like as if it was shot on one of those Hasselblad cameras, you know, like the oh, nice. square kind of. They use them on like the moon landing and stuff. They're okay. old school cameras. And then I realized, oh my god, I have film negatives here that probably are from like. A lot of them would be from like the 60s and 50s and maybe even older. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is amazing. I could scan these with immense quality. And people have never seen these images the way that I can make them look. Any uh, like film reels or just photo film? Just photos as far as I'm aware of. I don't even know if... I, I've never seen any like family footage from, from like a film or like an 8mm film camera or anything like that. I'm going to buy a... Thinking of buy the Wizard of Oz, there's a there's Dude. a print of the Wizard of Oz on eight millimeter. You got a projector? And I have the projector, so I could sync because it doesn't come with sound. So I could sync the sound. Yeah. So we could watch the Wizard of Oz on eight millimeter film projector while listening to Shroud Sound. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, kind of neat. Pretty, pretty cool. Have you, you have to like sync it yourself, or do you have to get the audio tracks? That's easy enough to do. Yeah. Huh. But be interesting. It would be. I just want because I, I have old film. I have old family films that I play on the projector, but I can't show anybody. I can't be like, hey, do you want to see something neat? Here's my grandmother. Yeah, you're a bit older than we are. When you were growing up, what did your family use? To, like, was it just stills cameras or did? I uh, camcorder. So like camcorder. a VHS camcorder. It had okay. like these little mini VHS tapes. And then, small ones. Yeah, like they were like probably this big, and you put it okay. into a big VHS. Yes, yeah, that, exactly. that was my oh. family's VHS. And when you made copies, camcorder. you plugged one VCR into the other it's, VCR, that's and a you process. put the adapter tape in, and then you'd like record it. I think I, maybe my dad had a more fluid setup. It was just, it was just a shoulder cam VHS cam. It, well, you could get the simple. full size ones. Yeah, I have an old. Uh, digital input for when you wanted to make title screens on your VHSs, so it would actually go in through and mm-hmm. you could type what you wanted the screen to say. It's pretty neat. That's like, yeah, it's like having a film set back then in your yeah. in your so shoulder. So we're no longer shooting movie or weddings on DSLRs. We're going back to VHS. It would be such a weird, weird <laughs> so aesthetic. Weird. It'd be cool though. So, so it was just it was just that like you don't remember having anything else for photography or anything. My mom actually okay, so she had an Nikon camera, but like a film camera, and yeah. so she also had a tripod. And so my mom was always the photographer at family occasions, and still is. But the one thing I do not miss at all about those kind of family photo shoots, with my, all I remember is like my mom on the like the camera on the tripod and she'd be focusing and it would just take forever for us yeah. to like, do anything we'd all be standing there and she yeah i would just be like i'm just focusing i'm just focusing hey the old manual focus you, you gotta get the perfect because you don't know if you messed it up until you develop the photo i don't know if she like i mean like i guess it's self-explanatory when you're focusing but i don't know that she really like knew what she was doing what she was doing no 
Sorry, mom, if you see this. I wonder I, if I she had you. a nice Nikon camera. I I have a huge collection of like film cameras and stuff, and Nikon's my go-to to if I'm gonna build one collection, I got a ton of Nikon cameras. I'm one of those terrible people that I take such few photographs. Like I at Disney, I actually took a bunch, but normally I just don't think of it when I'm doing something. Um, it makes online dating kind of things real hard because I don't really take a lot of pictures of myself. You like, should get somebody to do a professional photo. <laughs> <laughs> Nice plug. We're really, we're really hard to find. Yeah, we, we haven't had much luck selling to an audience, so maybe we have luck more luck selling to, to like a guest. guest. Yeah, you know Tula what? I was like, Eric could do your grinder photos, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, <laughs> I'd do it. I don't care. <laughs> I think that those are. I don't know how I'd feel about getting professionally done. Probably ones. not professional dick pics, but I I can do a good headshot. There is a business for that, though. I've seen people. <laughs> And it's it's not one where they like knit a sweater and they put it on the dick. No, we've seen. I think that straight men need that particular service more than gay <laughs> men, though, because I think that straight guys like they just are like take a picture and they don't really like you know like, aren't like ooh it. look at the angle, but like gay guys are like you know know what they're looking put, for. Put like so, a lamp, get yeah. the right lighting. Yeah, they're like oh that looks good, whereas like a straight guy like is like what it doesn't look good right now. Like, I, I think that's the interesting divide when it comes to selfies too. It is a bit of a stereotype, but I bet women take more selfies than men. And when I see women's selfies, they're meticulous. Like, they have spent the time to do everything Well, that and Justin. And Justin takes good selfies. He's he's (laughs) an exception for the male male race. But but no, women are probably, on average, better self-portrait photographers than men, I would Women my age certainly guess. are when before selfies with smartphones, obviously, like laptops with webcams or computers with yep. webcams was the big thing. And you got to make that grainy photo work for yourself. On more than one friend's uh, computer, I definitely found folders of my female friends like in front of their webcams like this. Just trying to find the exact angle. <sighs> and you're like, there's 300 pictures in here. Did oh you my God. really sit here all day and just take pictures of yourself? And pick, like, pick the best one. Yeah, I take like a picture of myself. I look like this. And I <laughs> put it up and I just go with it, you know? <laughs> that's the more free way to live. That's, I, I don't even think that much about posting a selfie, which I haven't done forever and ever. I don't even know. I kind of want to scroll through my Instagram post just to see when the last time I put up a selfie was. Because if I do, even if I did, it was usually with a DSLR yeah. and I'd somehow try to like hold it and like take put it on timer and like try to take one at the same time and it's not it makes too oh, too much of an encumbered process to really bother actually hey i have a selfie video that i took only oh, i saw that on may 13th so just a, about a month and a half ago you narcissist <laughs> it's know, all right? about you Eric. i was at a waterfall you can totally tell it's you too yeah it's very shadowy <laughs> it's a very like backlit yeah Part of oh, and then I, and I took one as the Joker for Halloween. Yeah, but that's just I only have like to. pictures where I don't know they're being taken. Honestly, the only time the gotta first catch time you I was off guard. Ever on TV, I was watching the like recording of it after the like first time I spoke on anything on TV. I was watching it online and I paused it to go to the bathroom. And when I came back, I paused it on me. I was like holding a microphone and I'm going like this, like making this horrible face it's always when, bad when you, you pause in mid-conversation it never looks no i made it my facebook display picture i took a screenshot of it and it was like this is the funniest thing i was making the stupidest face i don't even remember what i was talking about but i i think i was talking about the hangover or the hangover 2 maybe i hadn't seen it but we were uh, the hangover yeah hmm. i wasn't a fan well they they was they were asking about like some like, potentially homophobic joke and Obviously, the poten- potentially, to... are there not intentionally homophobic jokes in it? 
Well, I guess it, uh, like, I don't know. So that, I guess the context is the one guy calls the other guy Dr. Faggot, but he doesn't know what any <laughs> Dr. Names. Faggot. Paging Dr. Faggot. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the question was, like, is that offensive? I, honestly, I think it's supposed to be offensive, is it not? I think that I bypassed it, and what I ended up saying was that I thought that if a movie had to, like, be offensive to be funny, that it's not really funny. But I, I didn't, hadn't seen it. I just was on television. I had to say I thought, I thought so, the yeah. first Hangover was fun. I haven't seen any of the other ones, but I thought the first one was I've good. seen them now, but I don't recall, like, loving them. No. I didn't love it. They no. weren't as good as people were saying. There was absolutely no reason as to why that one should have had a sequel and, like, oh, The Hangover 3 to complete the trilogy. Like, it was good on its own. Yeah. The fact that it's been... For 10 years since it came out is kind of bothersome. Yeah, I feel old, but I'm not, so I should stop worrying about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. That just made me feel really old. <laughs> Tila just keeps trying to make me feel really young every time I talk about it. She's like, oh, you're so little. And I was like, fuck. She's so little. I feel. And then I'm like, toy boy. And I'm like, I'm, that makes you old. Like, you don't want this to be what, what it is. <laughs> and then she feels old. Maybe she does. Maybe. She's younger than me, so. <laughs> yeah, no, she's. Yeah, I, I, there's not even that much of a gap. I still grew up in like the same time period as her and everything. I prefer dating people that are like a couple years younger than me. When I was younger, I used to always go out with people that were a couple years older, and then I changed it, and actually, it turns out it's better. Yeah, no, I tend I, I tend to go with the older. Older guys are always are like, I don't know, kind of like lecturing you a little bit or being like, "You'll understand one day," and you're like, or at least me, trying to be like I'm a like, dad figure. Not even just like. I don't know, like, yeah, telling you what's what, and, like, I would rather be the person that's saying what's what, so... Yeah. That works. I'm just kidding. I just, I don't know why it's a trend I found. <laughs> All of my, like, happiest relationships have been with people that are a little bit younger than me. Yeah, maybe just because I'm at a certain age, but, like, I, I couldn't stand dating someone's younger, because they're just on that different page. Like, I, when I was in university, like, two years ago, whatever, I dated a girl that was... I want to say she was like 18 when I started, but it was like, it, and I was only, I was 21. It's okay, not a fair. huge age difference, but my God, I'm like, you have so many weird problems that I don't even understand related to, to just tech, the way you interact with your friends through technology and yeah. stuff. Like, I don't. I can't. I want, it's strange. I want the record to show that when I say younger than me, I don't mean 18. Like, I mean like 27. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a couple years younger. It's enough to make a difference. Going up in age, it's it, I found it easier to relate to. Yeah, I I've never had a a general limit. I definitely <laughs> just no limit. Well, I mean, old and gray. minus the legal limit, obviously. <laughs> but um, I've never had a general limit. <laughs> I mean, there was a time where I dated my age, and then in 2016, I'm like, fuck it. I met somebody who was almost. I mean just over 10 years older than me i'm like sure let's try it that was horrible um and then younger i haven't ever went young i went on a date with somebody who was a few years younger but really i stayed at the same age and in watching uh some people date younger people now i can't i'd be gone so quickly Mm-hmm. I don't have time for shit. I work with somebody who's 19, and she's just starting to realize that things aren't going to work out the way she hoped. Oh. She's, And it's such fun to watch. 
Right. In university, it was sort of a delayed thing where people, you, you basically get the four years that you're studying something to, to just imagine, that, oh, I'm going to get the perfect job at the end of this and all that. And then people, people are generally pretty happy. It took her one year to yeah. realize because... I figured out first year of university, I was like, I'm not being a doctor. This she's in school. That's going to work. She went for a certain course. She changed. She's like, this isn't going to be what I want to do. She wants to... See, this is the problem. I've dated a few women that have just this general idea of what they want to do, but they don't know how to attain it. I once dated a woman who just wants a government job. A government job. A government job. I feel like that's very broad. Related to the sector she went to school with. Don't even ask me what the fuck she did. She went to Brock and didn't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this girl, she wants to help save the world in some capacity save the world well, you don't want a government job no different girl different oh girl. okay <laughs> um and then though another girl just wanted to be an artist which i mean i guess is less general she was a hell of a she was really good but she went to school for one year took an art fundamentals course decided she wasn't going to continue with it and then just didn't do anything for me, I think most of them were just like, I'm going to be a doctor. That's just that. that and I, I thought, wanted to be a film director. Yeah. I'm slowly working my way to it, just not yeah. in a traditional way. Doctor, you can't work your way slowly to. You kind of just stay in wow. school until it, it's you, so slow. No, but it's like, you can't be like, ah, I'm going to make this move that changes everything soon. It's like, no, I'm just in school forever. And if I get good enough grades, it'll happen. But that's about it. I went out with a guy when I was 21 who was starting his undergrad. Uh, he went on the path to becoming a doctor, and he is, like, just, like, about to become a doctor. Like, now. That's too much so, school. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer. I had this idea that I was going to go back to school and, like, become a lawyer in my adult life. I would like to say that I think I would pre excuse me be a pretty decent lawyer. However, I can't go to school now for a million years. It's just not going to happen. It's... It's so much difficult, more difficult to get into because now you, like as an adult, we have things set up in our lives. It's just like, if, if I went to school, I need to work at the same time. My yeah. lifestyle requires money. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can't go back to what I was doing before. That was the feeling I had the last time I went back to school. It was like, oh God, I can't live like this. And no. if I want to get the grades to get into law school, like... I have no choice. I've actually always dated people that were more like focused on their goals than me. That's terrible. A lot of scientists... A lot of like people interested in sciences, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't really know. I'd like to read a book on a chaise lounge as my job. It'd be good. You know, just chaise. I mean, I don't know the viability, but yeah, that'd be a great job. Yeah. Have you guys seen Downton Abbey? Here and there. I want like the Dowager Countess's life. Like, I just want to like relax and like you know, hang out. <laughs> if I could read books all day, like, do you do either of you know much about Theodore Roosevelt at all? I know who he is. Okay, that's good. Basically, I, I, I watched a podcast recently where they just talked about how much of a prolific reader he was. And even as the president of the United States, he would just, just every day, like, go to the, if he was going on a train, he would stop at, like, the, the magazine stand. And he would just grab, like, every single magazine. And then, you know, on the train, we were just ripping pages out and doing whatever the hell he does with them. But it's reading through everything. If I could, if I could get paid to, and have a job where I can just do that somehow and it fits in the schedule, that'd be pretty cool. I don't really care what it is. It doesn't really matter at that point because the reading's kind of the fun part. Having the free time to do it. Depends on what the goal of all this reading is for. Oh, it's aimless. You're just a more knowledgeable person. I love reading. Okay. Yeah. Then for the sake of reading. 
I don't know who would pay you to do that. No, you wouldn't get paid to do that. You'd have to find a job where that's the free if time. You're that an audiobook narrator. That'd be pretty cool. Paid. You get paid to read. You'd be a book critic. There's some real good audiobook narrators. I'm a big audiobook person. And who's, I, who's your favorite voice? Oh my gosh. Okay, so the American version of the Harry Potter books are narrated by Jim That's, Dale. I have listened to that. So he won two Grammys. I don't remember. I believe the last book won a Grammy for Best Spoken Word. I've listened to both the English and the American version. The actually. English one is Stephen Fry, and nice. I love He's, he's good Fry, too, yeah. But I will say that Jim Dale as a narrator blows Stephen Fry out of the park. There's no mm. comparison. Stephen Fry is still good, but Jim Dale is like next level. So he's really good. The guy who narrated the Song of Ice and Fire audiobooks, like Game of Thrones, those ones, this guy named Roy Dotrice, he actually passed away last year, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Uh, but he narrated all of them and he's amazing. Hmm. So good ones. I'd have to have a different narrator for the next book. Then That's gonna if be that ever comes. Kind of. Yeah. I listen to books after I read them, especially if I really like them, because Sometimes, you know, when you're reading and you kind of like skim a little bit at points, you can't help it. Like you skip a couple lines here and there. Audiobooks fix that. Yeah. And you kind of catch things you missed or they read it in kind of a different inflection than the way you read it. So it kind of just gives you like a different perspective sometimes on different scenes than what you got out of it originally. I, if I had the choice, I would always use audiobooks instead of, unless there's diagrams or like it's a science book or something where I would want to see a visual representation. Audiobooks basically are the only way that I'd prefer to read read now because i have occasionally i'll buy a book maybe like twice a year like a hard copy i rarely get the chance to bother reading it or if, even if i start it i just need to start doing something else that i can't i have to put this book down mm-hmm. but even if i had an audiobook i could just listen to it as i work or or do whatever i need yeah, to do. do other things or like chores or whatever yeah. my best friend growing up was legally blind um she could read but she listened to a lot of audiobooks and that was my early exposure so i've just all my life always like listen to a lot of audiobooks mm-hmm. road trips i would way rather listen to a book than music when i'm driving for you know 10 to 30 hours i'll try getting into the habit of that a little bit with tila although i think i gotta push it a little bit harder because I, I, I love doing it i love listening to audiobooks driving um i do still really like reading so what i've been forcing myself do to do is go to bed just slightly earlier and sit and just read just a little bit and if it catches me you know, I'm always up late anyway, so if I can read, if I just want to read a few pages, that's fine. If I end up getting really into it, that's great as well. On the topic of you growing up with a legally blind person, I grew up with a legally blind person and a deaf brother. So gotcha. I'm very, very calm. I'm used to audiobooks, and I'm also, I prefer to watch any movie or any type of media with subtitles. I Same. I absolutely love it. I like it too. Tila says she gets distracted, but even like video games where there's like chatter in absolutely. the background and you have subtitles. Subtitles. Nice. If it's, you're distracted, you're not doing it right. You're not supposed to like read the subtitles. You're it's supposed a to make eye contact thing. with the characters, yeah. and when you need to fill the blanks, you look down. Yeah. Quick. Well, no, I read. It's it like a cue card. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, it's it's automatic on every streaming. Except for YouTube, just because their closed captioning doesn't do it. No, although if your creator of choice puts in their own yeah. like manually, then but it's good. It's, but Netflix, 100%, it's subtitles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime Video, which I didn't realize existed, and I've been an Amazon Prime yeah, subscriber I for a pay, year. I pay for that too, and I've never used it. So I'm rewatching House. Huh. I should watch. I should watch the Top Gear replacement, whatever the hell that is. Um, and then... Uh, most DVDs. If I'm watching them by myself and I'm not with somebody who gets annoyed by subtitles, it's subtitles all the way. 
all the way. Yeah, they're fantastic. Crave TV has really bad subtitles. I'm a big fan. This is really Netflix has bad subtitles here and there too. I'm a big fan of Jordy Shore, not Jersey Shore. Jordy Shore. It's like the. Do you like Jersey Shore? I don't hate Jersey Shore. Okay. I'm not gonna lie, um, <laughs> but I love Jordy Shore. It's a Newcastle upon Tyne in England, which is in the very north of England, uh, close to the Scottish border ish, and they've got pretty thick accent. So the subtitles for that kind of show, my family is Northern English, not Newcastle North, but still Northern. So I'm pretty good with accents, but my friends who are mostly like a combo of like French Canadian and Italian American are bad at those accents. So when you watch subtitles, I'm hoping they're going to be able to see, at least see what the words are, what they mean. And every time they're speaking in any kind of intense dialect, they it just says unintelligible speaker. <laughs> so like one of the things they say instead of saying I'm hammered, they'll say, "Can I swear? Is that allowed?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll say like I'm fucking mortal. So they say like fucking I don't mortal. I don't want to do an impersonation Please of it do. because oh my Please god, no, do. I can't do fucking it. So mortal. They'll be like I'm fucking mortal. That was so bad. Ugh. Anyways, so <laughs> sounds like you're fucking a guy named Mortal. Right? I mean, it's funny because there's all these drunk people yelling about how mortal they are, which is sort of dark. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so mortal! Uh, anyways, so, uh, it just is unintelligible, and there's all those kind of words that are, like, I can't think of another example. It's a really great show, honestly. The way that their culture is, is just, like, a little different. Like, when they go to the club, for example, they'll say... Like, when you're trying to hook up, they'll say they're going on the pull. But it's, like, this, like, formal decision they make, like, at the beginning of the night. Like, all the girls will be, like, who's on the pull tonight? And then, like, they, it's, like, <laughs> me or, like, not me. And then, like, or the guys <laughs> do it, too. And then they, like, go out, like, into the club, like, on the hunt. That's what going on the pull is, like, finding someone to tash on with. Tash on. Yeah. And it... <laughs> Jersey Shore has the the smush room, I think they call their hookup area. because we're classy, right? Theirs is called the shag pad. So. Oh, well, that's just as not classy. They're just a little more likable, like the people on it. Like, yeah, I really like that show. It's great. It's so, it's ridiculous. I feel like I'm going to watch an episode of this just for the English dialect. Honestly, it's so good. I started at season 10 and then watched them all and I'm now going back and watching them. Hmm. And a lot of people from it have been on X on the Beach, which is pretty much the trashiest show, like, you uh, you have like TV like a cable? Do you pay for cable or no? no? Okay. Um, I you know just watch things on the internet. Uh, okay. My best friend has Bell Crave, so I watch Dirty Shore on okay. Crave TV. See, like I guess having access to someone that would would help because I pretty much have two choices. I can watch it on Netflix, and if it isn't there, the Pirate Bay is my only option, and then that's right. about it. It'd be nice to be, have something else. Right. Proper subscription to something. Fair. Um, yeah, like, I try not to do... Like, I do stream stuff off of, like, third-party sites, but I... I just hate the quality if I do that. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Especially if you're, like, airplaying it to your TV or something. I feel guilty. <laughs> I sometimes do, because I'll watch, I'll watch movies that will never have the opportunity to, come, like, play in St. Catharines, and if I wanted to see it... I'll watch it. Or ones. There's a lot of movies that premiere at film festivals that end up online, but they never get a physical release. Like, hey, I, yep. don't, I don't understand. So I'm like, I want to see it. I can't find it. So then you have to stream it, but I still really do feel bad because there are some movies with people I know, their names are in the credits. I'm like, shit. I'm watching their work and I'm not paying for it. 
You pay for it in one way or another kind of thing. I don't know. I've toned it down a lot on the piracy. When I, I was I, younger, I was no, pretty comfortable I, with piracy, and now... Hell, I don't even really watch movies now, so I don't really have a reason to do it. But I always play games more than I listen to movies. Why don't you watch movies? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess it's you, okay. I've already spilled water all over myself I and told the embarrassing too. story about my Disney trip. I always do the most embarrassing things, like whenever, or say stupid shit whenever I'm being recorded. One time me and Dan Levy had an awkward hug and they didn't cut it out from the thing. Dan Levy is Eugene Levy's son who's in Schitt's Creek. Absolutely hilarious as a duel. Great show. We were doing a special call. It was a, do you know My Super Sweet 16? Yes. So we did a special for the after show. I have watched it, but I know it. My Super Sweet 26. For the and it's Dan's birthday. And <laughs> we were just the party planners. I actually don't speak at all, but I'm like on camera. Anyways, I was really hungover this one day. I was 21, and, like, I had been out to, like, an event at one of the clubs that I worked with. And, anyways, we are at the Masonic Temple where MTV Canada used to be centered. And we're, like, kind of... I think we were pretending that the boardroom there was, like, our office, like, me and my boss. And so she had been on the Hills After Show with him for a long time. So he comes in the room, they hug. That's normal. I'd met him, I think, a couple of times at this point, but, like, not, like... I did not assume that we were hugging. So <laughs> I went to shake his hand and he goes to hug me. And then we pivot and I go to hug him and he goes to shake my hand. Oh. And I was like mortified, obviously. And the producer of the after show thought it was hilarious and <laughs> left it in. And it's funny because the after show that when I was on it, it was uh, only in Canada. So those episodes aren't still online, but this particular thing you can find on like, I don't know if it's Vimeo or like one of those sites. I'm going to find daily it. motion. If, honestly, if you it. type in Dan Levy's my super sweet 26, like I'm in, like, I don't speak at all in the special, but I definitely it. could see me, and you'll definitely see the awkward hug I'm talking about, so. How how long is this special? Um, it was a, I don't know, like a 22-minute episode of a show, but, like, the part, like, so the middle part, um, I, me and my old boss are in at odds, Dan, like, shopping for a part with his father, um, but the beginning part with, like, the fake party planning scene, <laughs> I'm just knocking things over. Um, and it was pretty embarrassing, fake yeah. party planning scene. Pretty much the most embarrassing i i shot a wedding years ago well at this video. point years ago so two years ago for a <laughs> <laughs> sorry he's pulling it up oh my god we should we gotta play it well you know what we can we can put it over top with no audio that way it won't get any copyright okay um just to show the awkward hug just to show the awkward... Do you know how far into it it appears? Um, okay, so it should be pretty quick, because the first scene, like... Okay, so... You'll... Before you close that, Eric, send me the link so I know where to find it. There's... Oh, it's like just a... on camera for one quick second. <laughs> I wouldn't catch it. This is just a it's coming up soon. I think montage. the first scene oh, is going to be a party planning session. These are clips, like, of the party. I This looks crazy. I don't even... <laughs> what is going on? Who are... There's me. <laughs> in the... With the blue backpack? Yeah, with the bleach blonde hair. <laughs> I did the door of this event. Um, the blue thing is the party planning session, though. Yeah, this is... We're coming up for it. This, this is filmed definitely like a... Well, I want to say T TMZ style of filming things, maybe. Yeah, it's it's a very weird fast <laughs> cut. Nah, it's a spoof of my super sweet sixteen. 
So, There's... although there isn't, like, a really bitchy, like, invite handout session, that was actually secretly always my favorite part of My Super Sweet 16. Bitchy invite handout? Yeah, like, they'll always do a dramatic, like, where they hand out invites, and, like, there's a few episodes where they're like, not for you, you're not coming to my party. That's my former boss. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a baby. Oh wait, here we go, here we go. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I know, but I it was it's... so bad in the moment. Like and everybody, it was the only thing people commented on who watched it. I know it's not that bad, but like. It wasn't that bad. It, that was it, funny. it was pretty quickly corrected. I guess. I don't know. It was mortifying for me. Maybe, sorry if I inflated it, but I personally was humiliated. <laughs> That's pretty funny. The silly thing is that more people, like when I first moved to Toronto, I worked as an extra for a little bit, not like full time. I just like did it sometimes. I accidentally met an agent who was like, want to be an extra. And more people have been like, hey, were you on an episode of Degrassi? Which I was, but as a background actor, like I'm literally a pretend college student sitting behind whatever conversation is going on. And more people to this day still will say it to me. Then ever saw me ever speak on television about anything? Well, no, that so, makes sense. I, I it's can a very see popular that happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you know somebody, like there's there's got to be a subconscious click. How easy is it is it to get on as an extra? Really, like you you have to know somebody. You're like, yeah, I mean, no, as an extra, like you pay an agency fee. Like, if yeah. you, I mean, I don't know how it is now, but if you were gonna like if you were gonna do it, you definitely want to do like a teeny bit of research just to make sure that the agency is legit. But you pay like hundred and ten bucks. I, the guy I met like waved it for me. Like but... Justin still has his actor license, but that's more for like speaking roles you have to do a lot of yeah. hours as an extra before you get into actra which is like the actors union that's that's but why you, going to as a background actor, you can eventually get in for there. acting they waived the hours mm. which was nice but to do like backup backup extra work that christmas movie they were shooting in niagara on the lake they had a a cattle call for extras you didn't need it was just this is what you get paid on a daily basis when you're here for five days and you'd be in a netflix style hallmark movie the weirdest thing to be an extra in or to film is porn. any kind no a yeah a bystander a nightclub scene because there's no actual music playing so yeah. how they do yeah, it yeah, is mean. they obviously play music for like three seconds you start dancing and then they turn it off and you have to keep dancing so for the first like 20 seconds everybody's like kind of okay but then after that 20 seconds you're just like full mom dancing like Flailing just trying to be like like keep moving before the scene is over it's yeah it's... conversations in the background are also horrible too because years ago it used to be peas and carrots that that was the go-to thing peas. you're talking in the background you're not actually conversing you're just saying peas and carrots peas peas and carrots it does peas get the mouth carrots. moving quite a bit and that's how it works. and if you watch movies can you can it. clearly see yeah. when people are saying peas and carrots and now i don't know what they do uh, you should be able to just say whatever the hell you want almost. You, you would think, but I think it might be for, con I don't know if it's for continuity or something so you, you like could, that. I wonder if you get more money as an extra if you have to like make out with a stranger in the background. You get more I money, so. I mean you definitely get more money as an extra if you get a speaking role because sometimes they will say, hey we need somebody who you. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure you would get more money to make out with somebody if it was pivotal to the scene, but if it was pivotal to the scene, you wouldn't I be an extra. Be casting an extra. No. You Maybe can't. not pivotal, but I mean, like, I wonder if that's like a special skill. You know what I mean? I wonder. If being you, a, like, being I wonder if you're be, like it. the most senior in the union, and they'll be like, "You, you have cred. Like, you get is, you get more money to kiss a stranger. You so get to have you a get risk, risk of herpes. Yeah, on your face. Right. 
danger pay. <laughs> I feel like being an extra in porn would actually be kind of hilarious. Like, if you were... Porn stunt double would be better. Well, like, I mean, I obviously... <laughs> you guys have probably seen porn where there's definitely, like, extras that you're like, man, this would be so awkward, like, where they do, like, pretend amateur porn, like, that's supposed to be, like, in public places, and they'll, like, be demonstrating that it's... Porn in general is gonna be awkward. There's no good acting in porn. Good industry, though. Yeah. Not good industry, but still money in that industry. Yeah. (laughs) Good industry, I don't know. That's funny. When I... For money, probably. When we started in school, we were told, uh... There's going to be many things that you do in your career, but never do porn. <laughs> uh, as a background character, because they're like, once you're connected with it, much like STDs, it will not go away. Even if you use a separate name, it tends to follow you. Do not do it. We graduate. The year we graduate, we get an email from our professor saying, if there was ever a time for you guys to get involved with Canadian porn, now would be it. Because all these porn channels were getting in trouble because for the past five or ten years they had not met their CanCon rights. So they were not playing enough Canadian content produced porn. Gotta love so the CRTC. There were all these. Getting on top of things. All these uh, channels who were just buying up Canadian porn. There's not enough sex work domestically. <laughs> I know somebody in Font Hill who still does. He, they have a small porn, porn studio, and that's that's what he does. So we got to get on somebody connected to porn on here. I think that'd be that'd be the next logical step. I'll see what I can do. It's film and it's the sex industry mm-hmm. at the same time. I'll see what I can do. Two birds, one stone. I'm definitely not as interesting as a porn star. <laughs> You've been interesting. I bet porn stars are probably pretty boring people other than the porn. I don't know. Sometimes you hear some weird stuff. A famous uh, gay porn star who was, like, I guess bisexual in real life was arrested for, like, all these, like, drug and domestic violence charges. It was, like, crazy. My favorite porn star went to prison. I don't actually remember what he went to prison for, but he was in prison. Are we at an age, because you are a little bit older... With respect, because you just said favorite porn star, and that's not a sentence that I've ever used. I don't even anymore. know the name of a porn right. star, right? Really? Because years ago, I could understand. Actually, I, can, I can think of some that friend, I, I friends know have a few names, about. but none of them. Like, I don't have a, I don't have a favorite porn star. I I know of a few women I see in the videos I watch online, but I don't necessarily know their name, and it's not like I'm subscribing to them. No, like I love him as a person. Like he's so. Okay, I'm gonna have to be like really like censored here, but he's good looking and you know like head to toe, and he head to toe is a big stoner, which apparently is a thing for me. And he's like, yeah, like he had a Vine channel where it was all just like videos of him being like aroused and like smoking bong and like yeah, I don't know, I just love him. I feel like we're meant to be, and he just doesn't know. I guess if you could, yeah. You get both smoking weed and your dick in the same shot somehow. <laughs> he, I mean, he is a professional adult film actor, and I'm sure they practice like angles and like stuff like that. I'm sure there's like, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's like probably consultants that you hire when you're like a big porn star that they'll be like, hey, like I need improvement in like, you know, like riding scenes, and they'll like train them specifically in those motions, probably. I bet that's a thing. I could see it being a thing. Yeah, choreography. Like, if you're a big porn star, you also can probably. You'll hire your agent. The agent's like, fine. You can have him for your movie, but remember, 
he is only shot from the right because that's his good side and you can only he can, his face can only be shot from the right but you can only use his left testicle something weird like that his left testicle to, I don't know maybe maybe his right one doesn't look as nice I don't know it's just <laughs> I don't know if they put that much thought into well maybe they do put a lot of thought into porn I don't know it depends because there's there's I it always sounds weird when you say when we had the hooker on, I did research, and it's weird to say, "Well, I've researched hookers." It just sounds as bad. escorts, escorts, hookers, escorts. It's better. She'll say, "Whatever, escort." Sex Women workers? in the sex work yes. industry, but that's hard to say. But I've also there's Netflix has a lot of documentaries on porn stars, and YouTube. There's Vice and whatnot, and they do they do stuff. And there's I can see high, Vice being pretty good at that. High end, even nowadays, porn or sex workers or porn stars, and just the amount of production that goes in it. It is a high quality, even photos. Like you're talking some of the best photos ever, not best photos ever taken, but like the highest of quality, like magazine photos that just happen to involve a woman eating out another woman. But yeah, it'd be interesting. Be generated that yeah. right? Interesting avenue to just throw in the macro lens and see how close you can get. That's that's what I would do. <laughs> just make it like an anatomy lesson. I yeah, can't imagine being exactly. that. That would be no, so silly. That would be so funny. I couldn't take it seriously. I mean, yeah, like I guess like some of the people. I mean, I, I don't know. In some scenes, some of those women are probably taking it pretty seriously. <laughs> so, uh, one of the documentaries I watched, the woman said, "Some days." You can enjoy it. Like, it, it feels good. It's fun. It's whatnot. It's like a regular job. You have fun at work, and then some days, it's just another job. And you're like, I don't want to be here. When am I done? Stuff like that. It'd be a weird, weird type of job to have. It would definitely be strange, especially yeah. if you weren't, like, in the mood, like, on a particularly given day or something, or just, yeah, some of the intense sort of You'd need a prescription for Viagra, probably. Make them do. Resurrection. Mm. Resurrection. <laughs> it can't be good for you in massive quantities. Oh, I'm sure that they're, they're all on tons of it, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sure they are. Yeah, you'd have to be to keep shooting for, like, an hour and a half nonstop or whatever. Literally. And, like, who knows? They probably, like... Yeah, like they probably do it, like, all day, basically, and have to, like, wait, and, like, then they probably cut all the parts together, I bet. Like, I bet there's... Yeah, there's stuff. I don't... I actually don't know. I'm honestly just speculating, so... On the note of speculating about porn, I think we've talked for quite a bit tonight. Yes. We have lots, lots to... That happens when I'm talking. That's good. No. I, th- I think um, the three of our guests that we've had on are going to end up on again, because this was interesting. So there's <laughs> lots more we can talk about. And We've had four guests on. Oh, right. Four. Yeah. All of them were all, good. All of them. Better cut that part out. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth guess. Well, they were all good. Just they blend together. <laughs> Which is the guest that's not being Technically, back. we had five. <laughs> because Justin, Justin was on, was on one too. as well. So I just don't remember shit. All right. Well, on that note, everybody, I hope you have a good night. I am Eric signing off. And I'm Jesse, the fat Jesse. And I'm gay Jesse. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Slow on the uptake. Bye.